oh wow, that's that's messed up when you really think about it, right? In terms of pushing the patriarchal mind, mm. you know, we want to we want to dismantle that. So we got to start with language. So because of that, then we come up with Latinx. Welcome to Latinx Scan, a podcast showcasing Latinx professionals who turn their dreams into realities. I'm your host, La Doctora Jenire Flores Delgado, and today we celebrate our third anniversary by sharing an extract of our conversation with writer and literary scholar Dr. Jose Luis Torres that can help you understand why we use the word Latinx. And we are here to tell you, si se puede, my friends, si se puede. Another topic that it's controversial, but maybe not so much in Latin America because it might not have made it there yet, is the, the topic of the word Latinx. Mm -hmm. And we use it and we know why we use it. But this opportunity to talk to a professor of literature, I couldn't let it pass by because you have written a blog on it as well about the use of the word Latinx. And so what are your thoughts on, on the word and whether we should use it or not? All right. This definitely can take a whole show. <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm going to just say that if they really, whatever I say, if they want to you know, really follow up, they can go to the to postbarriouniverse.com and then they'll find the, the, the blog essay. Uh, and I'm going to add it to the okay. show notes as well. Uh, why Latinx? You know, basically it comes down to you know, inclusivity. Language is a powerful tool. Language is not just the way we say things. It's really what we mean and what we intend to mean. And because it has that, that, that importance and that significance, we have to be careful how we use language. When you say because, oh, it's Spanish and therefore, you know, you can't use a word like Latinx, it has to be Latino, Latina, you are basically saying that trans people don't six. Or people who don't feel that they have to be one one gender or the other gender exists. So for the sense of what grammar, you're going to basically throw that word in the face of a lot of people who don't feel comfortable using. And plus, there's other things involved. Why is it that when you talk in Spanish and you want to do the plurals, it says mis hijos? Porque no hijas. Right. You might have daughters, but you said mis hijos. That already shows you your how. You know, maleness is more important than female. And you don't think, ah, so not, not it is. That's it because you, the word that comes out to you to signify your children is the male. And if, if you're a young woman thinking, wow, you know, if you really thought about things like that, el tiene hijo, hija, porque dice hijo. You know what I mean? So those things are, they're not nitpicky. Those are things that are very important. And so I have a problem with that. And, and it's up to the people who really are the purists. And, and I also, they, they take the, that purist thing, like it's the language changing. You know how many times Spanish has changed? Yeah. Really, seriously. I mean, talk about the Moors, you know, 24% of Spanish, which is not even Spanish, it's Castellano, right? If you go to Spain, you realize that there's, you know, there's uh, Gallego is, is a language, Valenciano. There's a lot of languages in Spain. It was just because of conquest that, that, Castile, along with Aragon, com converge, right? Isabella, and then, yeah. And they decided Castellano is going to be the language because we say so. So, I mean, you know what I mean? And, and that language, 24% of the language is Arabic or from Arabic words. Yeah. 
know, especially the military words, which is interesting, Capitan comes from the Arabic. I mean, on and on and on and on, right? So you're telling me that you want to keep it pure. That's nonsense. Language is never pure. It's never going to be pure. It's going to continue. So this idea that somehow you have to maintain the, the, the real language, you know, it's a nonsense. And especially because we're talking about people in this part of the country, Latin, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good point because we, for example, I didn't become a Latina until I left my country. Right. I, I was Venezuelan and I would always exactly. be Venezuelan before I am Latina, you know, or Latinx, right. because that's where I was born. For me, it was so easy. I am Venezuelan first and then I am Latina. And I understand also the need for us to be a group of, you know, Latinx people in the United yes. States, because yes. as segregated Venezuelans, we don't have any power. I also mentioned that in, in, my, in my essay. Now, what is the, what you know, because we have in this country, Venezuela, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Mexicans, we, we have, you know, Cubans, we have Nicaraguans, we have Salvador. I mean, on and on. And, the, and, and, yeah. and that population is growing. And, you know, yeah. even though we all have our different histories and we have our own different, you know, cultures somewhat, we have a lot of affinities, which, I, you know, you mentioned the things about, oh, we're different. I, I like to also stress the similarities. Yeah. First of all, I can go to any of those countries and be understood because I know Spanish. Yep. That is a connection we have. We have a connection. And our foods, they might be different, but you just start eating the foods. You go, wow, in Puerto Rico tenemos algo igual. You know what I mean? So we yeah. have a lot of a lot of similarities that we, we should be really, and we, in terms of our populations and in terms of what we're dealing with, we're, we're, we're challenges. We have a lot of similarities and a lot of you know things in common that we, we should be working towards. How do you call these people that's all these groups in a sentence? Yeah. And this is, you know, in language is about economy. If I want to mention all this group, I'm not going to mention every single group in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a long ass sentence, right? Yeah. So I have to come up with a word. So better than using the word that the government, the US government came for us, Hispanics. Yeah. Which, no, we're not Hispanics. We're also, yeah. yeah. I'm not from Spain. You know, I'm from this part of the world. Big difference. Yeah. Okay. So because of that, we refused to say Hispanic. So we wanted to come up with another word. We came up with Latino. And now because of the inclusive, you know, genders issues that we have, we have to say, well, wow, that's only male. Right. I'm a Latino. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Una Latina. You know, so exactly. like, like this, so. So we say, oh, wow, that's that's messed up when you really think about it. Right. In terms of pushing the patriarchal mind, mm. you know, we want to we want to dismantle that. So we got to start with language. So because of that, then we come up with Latinx. Some people are pushing the idea of Latine, Latine. Maybe that's even better because the X is a little awkward, although we don't pronounce it. We pronounce it Latinx. But, you know, we evolve with the language. The language has to evolve because the times evolved. Jose Luis, in that same blog, you talk about the use of the word Latinx and you write, the folks clearly don't understand the profound impact language has on forming and affirming ideology. Mm -hmm. And we know that ideology shapes political worldview and promotes social behavior. And I like to you know, close the interview, learning more about how that is in your view on, on that particular aspects of language and ideology. Ideology was a, a part of my dissertation, doctoral dissertation. I learned a lot about ideology. And it, it, again, that could be two shows. You know, the, the important thing to remember is that language relates to every every aspect and facet of human life. You know, language is a tool. We are humans. Uh, we're tool-making animals. 
And one of the greatest tools we ever invented was, was language. And language uh, is, is crucial to everything. And, and through language, every culture or society formulates a system, sort of ideas and ideals and, and values that become almost like common sense, right? And we do this through language. Our laws basically manifest those values in actual language. And so that the, this system then becomes what we call an ideology, a particular ideology of a, of a country, a nation, people, right? And the thing with ideology, like everything else, it, it, can, it should evolve. At one point, the ideological construction was that, you know, it, it, it was taboo to talk about gay people. And I don't know how many years later we have in this country a law that says they can marry. How did that happen? Yeah. That's a big ideological shift. It happened because people started talking about it. One of the strategies that most societies use to keep people from talking about things is saying it's taboo. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. You know, all the things that want to be safeguarded by the status quo, right? Keep it the way it is. It's okay. It's okay. You know, and, and, and then they're miserable. People feel miserable because they feel marginalized because they're gay or because they're of color. So we open that up and then people go, oh, yeah. You start talking about it and you go, yeah, I have my brother's gay. Or I know people who are gay, you know, and then it becomes a real thing rather than this thing in the shadows. And, and this, is, this is what we're constantly doing is, and in, in if you're t- teaching people the right thing, is to question beliefs because some beliefs are not always really, why? Why are they here? Right. And it's sort of like, that's the way it's been. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not very critical. Is this a good idea? That has, you know, keeps going in our, con- in our country, in our, in our society. And, and the gay issues are a perfect example. These are human beings, and we, there might even be a biological reason why people are gay. It's, and I was just say to my students, you know, having that precept is almost like people in the medieval period who thought left-handed people were the children of the devil. Now, you make fun, you laugh now. That was real. People thought that was real back then. That was as ideologically, you know, concrete as anything else. You, you're weird. You, you write with this hand. <laughs> so right, because they were in the minority. Yeah, you're in the minority, you're abnormal. Being a minority doesn't mean you're abnormal in the way people want to make it seem, right? Abnormal means not the norm, but that doesn't mean that there's something attributed that's wrong with you, okay? And for evolutionary purposes, that's the reason why we have left hand, because we have diversity in evolution. I mean, it's it's that kind of thing. We should be health, happy of difference, right, and embracing it and whatever. And ideology is is really a key to, to, to understanding our society and our world. And I, I think that, that is how language relates to ideology because of language, like everything else, forms ideology. Hmm. And then makes it concrete through laws and rules and things like that. And, and then those rules become learned. Thank you for listening. If you want to put a face to the voices you just heard, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LatinxCan. If you have questions or feedback, you can email us at latinxcan at gmail.com. And if you want to support our project, please leave a review. We have made it easy for you and added the links to the show notes. That's it for now. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And remember, unidos somos más. Unidos somos más.